Welcome into the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. Let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show, a proud member of Fantasy Points and the Fantasy Points Media Group. D-Mendy here, back with you guys tonight, joined, of course, by a little cheesecake, Doc and Marty Party, and a special guest. Of course, the special guest, I have to save him for last because he is the most special of our crew tonight. But, LC, you've been jamming, you've been... Wild and backstage before the show. I got to know, are you ready for tonight? I am ready. I, I realized that earlier today I retweeted a fake account and someone pointed out to me, Twitter's a wild place nowadays. Someone pointed out to me that the baseball reporter was like, why are we getting fake baseball reporter accounts? Name was Mohammed Lester. So his his hashtag i know what you're talking about yeah his hashtag was bad i'll just say that you can put it together if you think about it and i didn't realize because they were he was tweeting he tweeted out cody bellinger signed with the blue jays i think that's not true yet and it's not not true okay i definitely retweeted that and someone was like are you sure that's not are you sure that's a real account and i did some googling there's no actually MLB reporter named Mohammed Lester. Um, if anyone saw that tweet from me, it's not a real tweet. Um, just you unretweeted it. I'm trying to find it now. I deleted it. I I delete my bad tweets. I, I think I saw. I mean, it was gaining traction too. So I think he was one of those people that's like, you know what? I'm just trying to blow up on Twitter and just have my 15 minutes of fame. It sounds like at least he got it from you, LC. So yeah, he got me. And 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 why is he screwing up our? hot stove baseball this was an exciting thing i actually i thought he i think he's going to toronto anyways to be honest with you you dumbass <laughs> there we go i think that that fits uh <laughs> i'll see right there doc how are you doing tonight hair still growing out i see hair still growing out even though you said you can't see a difference uh haven't retweeted any fake accounts this week so you know it's been going Good pretty thing. well I got to say that is definitely pretty good there. Uh, the hair is going to go into like curls and stuff, right? Eventually. I, you know what? I, I like spiked it up in the shower and I can get like a little mini mohawk going. We'll we'll see if I keep it this long. All right. Stay tuned for that. Marty party in the house tonight in his house is still somewhat, I guess you could say it's still new house. It's been like what, like a month? Uh, Two months. Two um, months? Well, you didn't ask me about my hair growing out. Is that because my hair doesn't really grow anymore? I did get to see for those. I was privilege privileged enough to see your hair which yes. in person which it's, many people don't get a chance to see i don't know true. why you cover it <laughs> i just like i like i've always worn hats my whole life i was just you know i like wearing hats i can't blame you i can't blame you on yep. that i'm a hat wearer is that a is that a thing or i don't know a, but I, I will say why are the sound clips allowed to swear but we can't i just searched the first <laughs> dumb sound that came hey, up i'm just saying Fair enough. All right. Without further ado, we welcome in our guest this week. Of course, he has become a fast riser in the fantasy baseball community. We welcome in a man that you could say a golfer. I'll put a question mark to that. Uh, But I can say fantasy baseball genius. He's the head of baseball and the host of fantasy MLB today over at Sports Ethos. 
also the Ethos Fantasy Baseball, and does some fantasy basketball stuff for Sports Ethos. So Doc's ears just perked up for that. Uh, he does a lot of analyst work there, an IBWAA member. He may not think he's varsity, a varsity athlete, but he's going to be the varsity athlete for the show tonight because this is a show of a bunch of people that are not athletes here. And it is, of course, Joe Arico in the house tonight. What's up, man? Guys, it is great to see you. Most of you, again, first time meeting Art, but it brings me back. It almost feels like we're in Arizona again, back at first pitch in the sunny weather, especially because it's snowing and cold here in Toronto. So seeing you guys makes me uh, really want to be back in Arizona. It should be great chatting with you guys tonight. Arizona was a blast. Uh, definitely it was awesome meeting you. We were two of the four for the golf outing we had, which was fun. And just a great overall weekend. We already gushed about that a couple episodes ago, but it was it honestly a fantastic time. Did you have a favorite part of the trip? It's hard to say. The golf was was definitely one of the highlights, although it started out as one of the I thought it was gonna be one of the lowlights when we, when we were looking back on it at first. It was pouring rain from the time we put the, the tees into the ground on the first hole, it started pouring on us. But by yep. the time we were like hole three, hole four, uh, we got some drinks into us. We were we we got by. Um, I think that was definitely up there, but I think just in general, meeting people who I've had on my show, who I've been on their shows, just interacted on Twitter, that social part of it was probably the coolest uh, for me. Just sitting, chatting with you guys, you know, live podcasts. I mean, maybe the live sleeper in the bust was, was definitely right up there as well. Oh, yeah. uh, there's a couple of things that stand out, but just the general atmosphere of being in a group of what we were calling spreadsheet nerds, you know, people who like to <laughs> pour over fan graphs pages all day and just talk fantasy baseball. So that was something that's Really cool and unique because in our in our own lives we don't really have that you know can't just sit around talking about Babip and Woba and everything else with just you know our colleagues and whatnot so it was really cool the whole experience just being down there. Yeah, it's one of the few cases where you bring up Babip and home run to fly ball rate and K percentage and if you bring that around your friends they look at you like you have three heads. It's like the the certain group of people that actually know what you're talking about. It's it's pretty cool and again the trip was fantastic. Uh, but we got a, a fun show planned for you guys tonight. You already know we've been doing it the last month or so. We've been talking about dynasty fantasy baseball because we are not in redraft season anymore. We're in dynasty season. So at triple play, we want to make sure we touch that angle for you guys. And we're continuing that series with the NL West tonight. So we're talking about, of course, the Doyers, as Marty likes to call them, which always bugs me. <laughs> the Colorado Rockies, the Diamondbacks, the Padres, and the Giants. We've got five Interesting teams going in different directions here to talk about tonight. But let's lead off, of course. We're going to go one player per team, and so we can kind of all touch around the horn here. Joe, let's kick it off with you. And you jumped in on the Arizona Diamondbacks, and I was very jealous that you got them because there is so much young talent there on the Major League roster that it is crazy, and they have more coming too. But give us your first player that you think is a dynasty asset for this Arizona Diamondbacks team. Yeah, there is a lot of talent to choose from. There was one guy in particular who did not make the top three where I was thinking it feels weird to not include him, but uh, he just had to unfortunately be the odd man out. But the number one player that I have there would be Corbin Carroll. I don't think that's much of a hot take. Um, there's still some questions, you know, will he play every single day or <clears throat> excuse me, will he be more of a platoon guy? I don't I think they'll probably play him most days, but he was not great against left handed pitching. He only had 28 at bats. About at 178, and they have a ton of outfielders. So, will he play every single day? That's the first question for me. Uh, will he start to run like he did in the minors? I mean, he stole nine, uh, 31 bases in 91 minor league games last year, and then only two in his 32 major league games. So, 
Will that speed translate to the bigs? I know he has like a hundredth percentile sprint speed, but will we see yep. will will we see that, you know, consistently? Will he be a 25, 30 stolen base guy? Maybe down the line. Uh, I don't know when it's gonna come, but that's the, one of my big questions. And also the walk rate. It was closer to like 15% in the minors and then only seven percent once he came to the bigs. I think he can get it back up a bit, but those are like my main questions. And I think I mean I'm not trying to criticize him. Those are just kind of some things that I'm seeing where maybe he could get even a little bit better. Cause what we saw at the big league level was really good. He was like a 130 WRC plus mm-hmm. already. Uh, he's already a stud. And I think that the outlook is just could, couldn't be rosier looking forward. He's close to a top 25 dynasty player already with only, you know, hundred and some odd at bats. So great outlook for Corbin Carroll uh, going forward. Let me ask you this, Joe. So you mentioned the sprint speed, hundred percent sprint speed, two stolen bases last year. He had most of his at-bats and plate appearances coming from the sixth spot. 43 plate appearances, 21 more than the next closest spot. Now, that's in a small sample size. They're putting him almost near the middle of the order. Do you Are you worried that he might be their number three hitter, maybe number four hitter next year, uh, and they're going to rely him more as a run producer, and that could hurt his stolen bases for people that are kind of dreaming of 20-plus stolen bases next year? Yeah, absolutely could. Like, I just pull up roster resource right now. I don't know if they really go through and update that throughout the offseason so much, but he's listed as the number six hitter. Mm-hmm. Um, Varsho, Marte, McCarthy, Walker, Rojas, and then Corbin Carroll. It's it's really hard to say. Uh, I think that he probably should be like a two hitter. I think that probably makes mm-hmm. the most sense. We see a lot of teams put their best hitter in the number two hole. He's not their best hitter yet, probably, but he's, you know, could be there by the time like the first two weeks of the season roll around. We could be thinking that about him so i think probably the two hole makes the most sense and in that spot you could probably still expect him to run but it, it could be something to start the year where he's still batting sixth to seventh and we don't really see that speed uh, and it kind of makes me not just that but in general makes me a little bit worried about drafting him i know this is a dynasty show forgive me i focus a little more on redraft so i might <laughs> i might fade into redraft a little bit but he's going pretty high in these early drafts like his abp is 64 mm-hmm. we're, we're expecting a lot out of a guy who we haven't seen that a whole lot of and i know we just had a really great rookie class but maybe we're expecting the same thing from carol that we saw from julio and maybe it's a little bit too early but uh i'm rambling at this point no no i, I it's all good man we do reference uh how, where they're going adp right now too we do cross over a little bit and uh right now he is one of the top dynasty assets in baseball i will ask you this joe real quick and then we're going to move on is there any pitcher in a dynasty league, you would trade him straight up for? Hmm. Yeah, I think you'd probably be going for, you know, a top tier arm if you're going to trade him. I think it, who knows if you'd get it back, but I think you should be aiming for an SP1, um, a specific name. Um, would you probably- trade? So let me give you a name. Would you trade Corbin Carroll for Shane McClanahan? I would rather have McClanahan personally, I think. Um, but I think that's maybe for my personal taste, shooting a little bit too high. Like maybe if we're talking like Julio Urias, Strange, Zach Wheeler type, maybe. I think that would probably be closer to where I would go. I still think McClanahan can be like a Cy Young winner. I think that the, as a side note, like he fell really far in the Cy Young voting, but he was like that good this year, really. He had like a 2-5 ERA despite the struggles down the stretch. I think that he's... Still a little bit safer from a dynasty point of view, I think, despite being a pitcher. I think I would still lean McClanahan. I would think Zach Wheeler is somebody that I'd probably be aiming for there. 
All right. Well, that's good. Uh, talk on Corbin Carroll. Now he's one of the more interesting players we'll talk about tonight, which is why we spent a little more time on him. But Marty, let's go to the Dodgers. Let's talk about which it's interesting with the Dodgers. They have a lot of older players on the team and people think, oh, where's Trey Turner in this conversation? And he's a free agent. So he technically will not be part of this Dodgers conversation. So give us your first player you think is a dicey asset for the Dodgers. Well, Joe, just talk about him. Julio Urias. Let's start there. So the uh, 26-year-old uh, SP, um, 2023 is his last year of arbitration with the Dodgers. So he's in, he's set to hit free agency in 2024. So the big question is, will the Dodgers extend him? Um, so because we're looking, just look at the team. If we kind of zoom out here, Clayton Kershaw, forever aging, right? Tommy John, double Tommy John surgery for Walker Bueller. Do we really trust Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin for the long haul? I don't know. I think that's a question that we're still asking ourselves. So, mm-hmm. you know, if Urias hits the free agency, um, he's likely to command uh, command a contract somewhere around thirty million a year. You know, somewhere six to eight years. So that's like one eighty to two forty. Dodgers obviously have it, but are they willing to spend? We do not know. So the only reason why I bring that context, uh, bring that up for context, is that especially with pitching, what team you're on, what stadium you know you play in, um, I, I, that context is important for me. Uh, but yeah, looking at his 2022 season, he finished third in um, the Cy Young voting in the National League. He went 17 and seven, 175 pitch, uh, 775 innings. He had a 2.16 ERA, which led the NL with 166 strikeouts and a 0.96 WHIP. So he was absolutely dominant. We go to his expected stats: a 2.81 xERA with a 24.1 strikeout percentage. That doesn't blow you away. It's in the 60th percentile. It's pretty good. But his 6% walk, walk percentage is elite. So that puts him in the mm-hmm. percentile there. He does a great job in limiting hard contact. He keeps runners off the base. And when you look at his overall profile, he's not a power pitcher. And so his ability to be able to, especially in a dynasty league, to be on your team for years and years and years and be you know elite level production, it's, it, the, the groundwork is laid down there. However... And this is what scares me about him. He still has never pitched over 185 innings in a single season. So Mm -hmm. is he that workhorse guy? I still do Mm -hmm. not know yet. He's only 26, so he might be down the line. And when we look at his, um, from a dynasty perspective of win now or rebuilding, either way, I would try to unload him. And the reason being is I don't think the demand for him could be any higher. Okay, so let's just see, like right now, this I think this is how high he's ever going to be when we see he may leave the Dodgers. Um, he may go to a team on a lesser team with not as good players. So he takes the big contract. Um, he may be in a pitcher or in a hitter's park. And he he missed the, those two years with uh, shoulder surgery. So we all know that the biggest indicator of future injuries for pitchers is past injury. So that scares me a little bit. So if I'm sitting, if I have him right now, and if I'm looking for a win now hitter, I'm looking to somebody like Matt Olson. I think would be a good uh, a good flip for him, or Francisco Lindor. Those would be the two guys I, I'd be shooting for. I think that I think that aligns pretty well. Um, and as far as like shooting for another pitcher, if you're if you need another pitcher, just hold on to him. Um, but I'm ex- I, I want to see him do it for one more year before I'm fully bought in. But I mean, this is his contract year. If he pulls an Aaron Judge and has an amazing year, they're gonna they're gonna pay somebody's gonna pay him a lot of money. Where he ends up next year is gonna be huge. Now I do agree with you. I think he's definitely one of those guys I'd be looking to sell in a dynasty league. 185.2 innings is the max he did in 2021. Uh and 
yeah, contract year, you would expect maybe he'll have one more good year in him, especially before, you know, we don't know what's going to happen at this point. Do you guys know how long he's been in the league? Because I was shocked to see how many seasons he's played. Five? I think he's been seven years. Seven years. Yeah. I seven did not years, feel like two of those years. Yeah. It's kind of weird because he's only 26. So he got in at 19 years mm-hmm. old. And what really stands out mm-hmm. is that he's been a relief pitcher too for a lot of that time. Yep. So he's this weird. So, it's hard to put him in the context because of that. Well, he went, so he had 79.2 innings in 2019, 55 innings in 2020, and then jumped from 55 innings to 185.2 innings in 2021, which is why I think many people were out on him because they're like, hey, you're you're jumping 130 innings. You are bound to get hurt this year. Like that is an insane jump. And then he still went and went and pitched 175 innings this year. And I think if I'm not mistaken, has the most wins combined over the last two seasons of any starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, he's somebody, I think that's a, the perfect example of a sell high guy, Marty. I think you're right. Like the injuries could count, could catch up with him. Would not be shocked to see that. And contract year, he's with the Dodgers. So maybe he goes to a team that doesn't have as good of an offense behind him where he's not getting as many wins and a lot of stuff can happen. So I'm right there with you on that. Let's go now to Doc. And let's talk about your team, the San Diego Padres. And who would you like to talk about first? So I know that we talk about the the first guys usually had the longest segment, and that's why I'm choosing Fernando Tatis. So he didn't play last season, mix of injury and suspension. When we look back at his 2021 season, he had 282, 364, 611 triple slash, 42 homers, 97 RBIs, 25 stolen bases. And he's going to be 24 when the 2023 season begins. Now, if you have him, you're holding. Now, I say you could also buy with caution. This is what I mean by that. This is a quote from A.J. Preller after he got suspended. Quote, he's somebody that from the organization standpoint, we've invested time and money into. We were hoping that from the offseason to now, there would be some maturity. And with the news today, it's more of a pattern. That doesn't sound like a very much of a vote of confidence. So we don't know what he's going to be like a year removed from playing, and I'm sure if he was ever taking performance-enhancing drugs in the past, that he's going to be even more cautious from there. So, I mean, look, you look at the the underlying metrics, the average uh, exit velocity, 98th percentile, hard hit percentage, 98th percentile, sprint speed, 96. But there are also some alarming stats, 27.6K percentage for his career. His BABIP is 347 for his career. That's extremely high. He's also only played 273 career games. It's not even two full seasons. And a lot of his stolen bases came in the first half of 2021, 20 stolen bases in 74 games, along with 28 home runs, and then five stolen bases with 14 home runs and the remaining 56. I think there's a lot of risk with Fernando Tatis. You have to determine whether that's going to outweigh the reward. This is probably the lowest point that you could get him. If somebody's willing to offer you a lot, I would sell him. If I was prepared to buy, these are two kind of sample packages that I'd offer, and I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts. A sell high like Jeremy Pena and Freddie Peralta, or like a package of Andrew Vaughn and Logan Webb. So it's it's two for one. Obviously, Tatis is the best player, but the other two are fairly young and rosterable in a dynasty format. Mm-hmm. I would shoot for more. I, yeah. I still find Tatis to be a top Man, he could be top five dynasty asset for years to come, you know? Like, 
But I hear you with the with the steroid thing. We don't know, right? That's this big. Well, and and Marty, cloud the point, Marty, and and so the point you brought up, like Wander Franco comparison. Wander Franco, you know, pulled into training camp, and he said, you know, he's kind of having a lot of bling. And he got paid early, and maybe baseball isn't the most important thing. I mean, yeah. think about Tatis. He's 24 years old. He already got paid a mega contract of 14 years. And while he's rehabbing, he's playing soccer in the outfield and falls on his already broken wrist. Like pretty bad. Like like those aren't yeah. going to be things that that you hope that he learns with experience. But like, what incentive does he have to learn? He already got paid. And the thing that puzzles me the most You're is that so his father. Dumb. You are really dumb. For real. For real. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. But no, more importantly, um, his we know like his father was in the league for forever. So it's not like he didn't have proper guidance. Like he knew going into Major League Baseball, like what it takes to be you know a professional baseball player. And he has let literally everybody down from the organization to the biggest fan. So I, I hear you there. It's he's risky. He's yeah. risky business. That's what I'm I was waiting for that. Hey. So, yeah, I mean, just to wrap it up, me personally, I'm okay to to send a low offer, but I think he's the riskiest player to acquire in Dynasty this offseason. Yeah, high risk, high reward. Depends if you got the nuts or not. All right, Elsie, take us now to the Colorado Rockies, which are, I think, just as hard as the Giants to find very valuable Dynasty assets on the Major League roster. But there is one crown jewel that was on the cover for this video. So are you saving him for later? I'm going to start because Doc kind of guilted me into it because I was going to start with someone else because I wanted to save him for later. But Doc was like, we talk longest at first. And he's right. I talk long every time. So I'll start (laughs) with Ezekiel Tovar now. Um, Tovar, uh, who, who really burst onto the scene in 2021 and 2022, um, after missing 2020 with the with the season, uh, with the with the um, COVID season, uh, has really c- come into his own as a top shortstop prospect. Now, one of the things that I noticed prior to to, to 2021, his power really wasn't there. I saw some reports that he, like, there were some scouting reports that he showed his number to the pitcher when he was hitting, and he definitely doesn't do that now. So I think there might have been some a batting stance change. And it's definitely led to a lot more power in his profile. He's had over 500 slugging in each of 2021 and 2022 and has shown uh, plus power, at least average to plus power at the major league level um, as, uh, potential uh, so far as well. He came up, his expected batting average was around 250, and he's always been young for his level. He's going to be 21 on opening day. Now, if you look at the comps, shortstop comps for him at age 20, performing in double A and performing well, it's pretty good. It's Carlos Correa, it's Sander Bogarts, it's Trey Turner, it's, it's Wander Franco, it's Bo Bichette, it's Fernando Tatis. Um, Tovar's performance at double A has putting him on a, an elite trajectory, and I really like that trajectory for him. I think that he is someone you want to hold on to as far as especially if you're a rebuilding team, I think he has a bright future and he's playing in a nice environment for hitting. If you are contending now, Tovar's looking to be their starting shortstop and his steamer projections are pretty nice. 280 with 15 home runs and 11 steals this year. Uh, and then that's, a, you know, the way projections work, that's a 50 percentile projection could be better than that. I think they're, they're pretty bullish on his, on his potential this year. 
I think he's a hold in, in, in both formats because of his potential for the future. And I think that he could end up being a, a, a pretty good shortstop in the, in the major league soon. Yeah. I, I mean, if you heard him on the call up, which if you haven't listened to the call was on the triple play prospect or triple play fantasy baseball feed, it's prospects every way you want it. And Ezekiel Tovar might be in the running for the most mentioned player on that show. Uh, just tons of talent from the kid. And he's kind of in a line of successful shortstops for the Colorado Rockies. You saw with Troy Tulowitzki and then Trevor Story. Now it's the Tovar show, and he looks like he's ready for the job. I think it's one of the reasons why the Rockies were confident in letting Story go to bring in Tovar. And uh, <laughs> just as Art's taking the Ovar, Ovar on Tovar. Look at that. That's that's fantastic. That That's that's the only thing a Torta Betty can come up with. Uh, but yeah, no, I think great stuff on Tovar. My first guy, the Giants don't have much to talk about, so my analysis won't be as long here. Tyro Estrada was the first one I'm going to talk about here. And on the surface, you're like, why would you talk about him? If you look at his StatCast page, it's like picture you turn a heater on, but cold air comes out because that's what his StatCast page looks like. 14 homers, 21 RBIs. It will play in a any type of fantasy league. And back-to-back seasons with the Giants, he's shown improvement in a lot of different areas, notably K percentage. Um, in 2020, he was with the Yankees, but in the last two years with the Giants, he's had a sub 17.4 K percentage or less each of the last two years. Walk percentage is never great, so he's not someone that's going to walk. But when you're telling me somebody is going to steal 21 bases, strike out sub 20% of the time, uh, and he actually played in 140 plus games, like that's something that intrigues me. Uh, and the fact, yes, he doesn't hit the ball very hard. But his home run to fly ball rate was so low this year. Uh, it was only 12%. Keep in mind, in 2021, that was 22.6%. And this was by far the lowest he's had uh, pretty much in a full season. So I think Tyro Estrada, with a better home run to fly ball rate, might be able to give you more homers than the 14 he had this year, assuming he plays uh, a full season again. So as someone that's like a fifth outfielder for your team, like when you're drafting, or I'm sorry, uh, he's a middle infielder. I'm sorry, excuse me. Uh, somebody that's like you're getting him as like a, a a middle infielder towards like the end of your draft, or somebody you can plug in off the bench later on. Like, I think you could do a lot worse. So Tyro Estrada, no no flashiness, but somebody I think that right now is one of their bigger dynasty assets. And I mean, he's only 26 years old, so there's could be a lot of good days ahead of him. Joe, let's go back to you. Let's talk about the next Diamondback player. And again, so many great ones. Which one are you going to go with next? He's on mute. Rookie mistake. Look at me. Um, I think I'm going to go with Zach Allen here for my next one. And I, I honestly, with the Tyro Estrada thing, I feel like he has played some outfield. I don't think that you're completely crazy there. I feel like he has appeared there at least, at least a few times. Thank you. Yeah. I thought I remember seeing him out there. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. 28 appearances in the outfield. Yeah. In his career. So. You're not you're not crazy. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Zach Gallen. Uh, he is, I think, really entering into his prime now. His first couple of years, abbreviated seasons, like 70, 80 innings, but good low ERAs. And then 2021 was really bad for him, like uh, up mid fours ERA. And then there was a huge discount on him this year if you were able to buy into him. Like I, I got him wherever I could because he was going around pick 140, 150, I think. I thought it was 
a huge bargain. And of course, I know hindsight is 2020. It was a huge bargain. He was fantastic. He had great stat cast metrics. Uh, I, I think if you are in a dynasty situation, you should be trying to buy Zach Allen. I think that the Diamondbacks are just going to keep getting better and better. They got a lot of great young talent. And I think what he's doing is pretty sustainable. Uh, you know, we talk about the stat cast pages, all red, pretty much across the board, all red for Zach Allen. Not that that is the be all and end all, but certainly when you look at what he's done throughout his career and those metrics put together, uh, I really like him. I do think he's going to be somebody who goes up draft boards quite a bit this season and in, in the redraft year because we've heard a lot of talk of wait on pitching and take Zach Allen that's a common thing that I've heard this year you don't need to take early pitching you can get Zach Allen at the end of the fifth beginning of the sixth and I think the more people hear that uh, that ADP of 75 is going to end up probably somewhere in the late 50s uh, early 60s I think by the time March rolls around you think people were just concerned that it was a flash in the pan last year we had that amazing uh, scoreless streak going for a while Uh, and I know people were scared about injuries too so you're in on Zach Gallen next year. You're not worried about what all the people were kind of saying and all the stuff that could potentially bring him back down to earth here. Well, I'm looking at the pitching indicators and, you know, the XERA 317, the FIP 305, XFIP 332. Uh, you know, he lowered his walk rate. Strikeout rate remained about the same. Those main things I like to look at, they're all looking pretty good for Gallen. And I, I think Arizona, you know, they had a 20-win increase from 2021 to 2022. I don't think it'll be another 20, but I think that they're just going to keep getting better and better. And we're talking typically like a three-year window for Dynasty, I think. And I think the, all three of those years are arbitration years for him. So he'll be in Arizona, and assuming they don't trade him, he'll be in Arizona. And I think that he'll be uh, the bona fide. Uh, he'll be an SP1, I think, across baseball, close to it anyway, uh, heading going forward. All right. I love it. Zach Gallon, someone you need to make sure you look at for next season. I'm looking for something, so that's why I'm off screen here. Uh, <laughs> Marty, let's go to you next. Let's talk about the next player for the Dodgers. Who you got? Uh, big Willie style. Will Smith, the catcher, uh, 27 years old. He has three more years of arbitration with the Dodgers. Overall, he's my second ranked dynasty catcher behind Adley Rutschman. Um, he's a he's a good catcher from a defensive standpoint. He's amazing with the stick. Uh, he doesn't strike out a lot. 16.6 K percentage. Walks at a good clip. 9.7. Uh, walk percentage last year hit um, 24 home runs, 87 RBI slash 260, 343 with a 460 slug. You look at his um, sack ass data, everything's red, looks great there. If you're in win now mode, I would definitely be holding on to him. He's one of the best catchers there is, not only just for next year, but for the long term. If you're looking to rebuild, that would be something that would be um, that would entice me a little bit because we don't know. With catchers, we don't know, right? He might be, once he hits 30, they might move him to first base. They might DH him a lot, whatever it is. Um, if you're looking for a pitcher, like a young ace, I would try to shoot for a Grayson Rodriguez. I think that would be, um, you know, someone to, to go for there. Um, and if, or if you're looking for a pitcher for next year, like a win now, Tyler Glass now or Max Free, I think that puts you in a good spot. Okay. I, I, could, I could dig it. I could dig it. What do you guys think? Yeah, I you know it's um on the fantasy baseball beat they were talking about how Dalton Varsho um wants to just play center field so he's going to lose probably his catcher eligibility after that year and that's like part of what drives the value is is being able to to be slotted in that position so I think that's a great point. Thanks, All right. Doc. Look at that. Off-season doc's so much nicer than in-season doc. Have you noticed this? He gets more sleep <laughs> in the off-season. Is that what it is? Well, there's like, just not enough to scrutinize. Like here's the thing. I give I give the honest feedback. <laughs> give the people what they want. Exactly. Honest feedback. 
Doc, let's stay with you then. Let's talk about the Padres and who's your next player on the list. Next guy talking about is Juan Soto. Uh, so season stats, a little bit underwhelming, 242, 401, 452, 27 homers, 62 RBIs, six stolen bases. He's 24 years old. If you have him, you're holding, but if not, you're buying. And, you know, we, we, we're guilty of it ourselves. We talked about, you know, who's going to be the next Juan Soto for next year, a first round pick that's a bust. And maybe in a Roto League, he was a little bit of a bust, didn't have the stolen bases that we were looking for. But the stat cast data, I mean, it's going to turn around. 91st percentile of max exit velocity, 86th percentile in hard hit and barrel percentage. He's been fairly healthy, 150, 151, 153 in the three full seasons he's played. Um, career averages of 287, 424, 526. In OBP leagues, super valuable. And that is going to help contribute to counting stats. He's going to be on base to score more runs. And what I kind of chalk up to, like last year was a kind of a fluke year. And I'm, I'm going to take a victory lap for this because I said before the season started, what would the Nats be looking for in a trade for Juan Soto? And everybody was like, they're not trading him. That's crazy. And they ended up doing it. And maybe because we live in the D.C. area and we have some bias, like we knew ownership wasn't going to pay. So when you know in the back of your mind that you're probably getting shipped out and then you go to, keep in mind, he's 24 years old. I think there was just a lot of expectations. I think it was kind of a rough season. I'm trying to buy low on him, and I would even give some one-for-ones. I would give Acuna for him straight up. I would give Harper for him straight up. Um, I don't know about Kyle Tucker. Maybe that's where I draw the line. But there are a lot of people I would give straight up for straight up for Juan Soto. You're lucky my soundboard isn't working. I was going to look for the best sound <laughs> to come Did back. You say you would give up Soto for Acuna, or you'd rather have Acuna? I would, if I had Acuna, I would offer that straight up for Soto. Yeah, that's a tricky one. That's a tricky one. It is because I think Which you get a little you more. I think you get a little more certainty with Acuna with the steals, and that would be kind of the tiebreaker for me. Everything else is all pretty elite. That would be. I, I would probably. St- Lean Acuna. It's an interesting question, though. So, so here's the the kind of catch twenty two, though. Like Acuna could have a higher ceiling. You're right. He's going to give you the steals that Soto won't. Soto had twelve, but other than that, it's been in kind of the six to eight range. But Acuna had a torn ACL, and we kind of saw him take some maintenance days. There was kind of some undisclosed lower body injuries towards the the second half of last season. Soto doesn't have that. He might be one of the more steady dynasty presences, where he's just going to contribute in a lot of categories besides steals. And I mean, and if, if you're playing in a points league, he's super, super valuable in that format. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Fair enough. David, I tried to give you some more time for that, uh, for that sound. <laughs> no, it's, I, they don't have it. I was going to say you when you were patting out. yourself on the, on the back of one. So I was like, I was trying to find a sound. Do you want a cookie? <laughs> but they didn't have it. Oh, that's good. LC. Let's go back to the Colorado Rockies, and now we get to. We're gonna bring up what it, what they said was the biggest dynasty asset for this team, which is shocking. But go ahead and, and reveal to people who it is. Oh, the biggest dynasty asset, who I am not gonna talk about. But oh, you're not talking C- about him. CJ Crone is officially the highest rated dynasty asset. I don't think there's much to say about CJ. I think that he's pretty straightforward. He's 33. At opening day, I want to talk about Brendan Rodgers, mm-hmm. who's still going to be only 26 when opening day happens. 
So I think that he has a little bit of more, um, more interesting outlook to, 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 uh, to go d- dive into. Rogers was a really interesting guy. If you look at his stat cast from 2022, it's all red. He looks like an elite stat cast hitter. Uh, 70th percentile average exit velocity max is in the 83rd. Hard hit rate is in the 80th percentile. X Woba is over 60s. XBA is nearly 80. This is a guy whose ex, uh, um, expected stats and whose advanced stats all show that he had a great season. What is not showing is that um, Brandon Rogers hit 313 at home in 2022 and 218 on the road. He had a 185 ISO at home in 2022. He had a 99 ISO on the road in 2022. Go back to 2021. He hit 280 at home, 289 on the road, with a 247 ISO on the road and a 124 ISO at home. What do you do with this? He's not consistent year to year. I think that um, to me, Brandon Rogers was always somebody who I thought was hard to hard to tell what you were going to get from him. I think that he's a he's a an asset who I would be looking to deal. And I would be looking for maybe a depressed pitching asset like a Jose Barrios or something like that mm-hmm. if I was trying to trade. But also you have to look and say there's some promise here. Last year was a bit of a down year. He has not shown that extreme home road split that he did in 2022 than he did in 2021. So he also has some present value at second base, a position that's not very deep. So I think he's an interesting interesting piece. Um and and at his age, twenty six, he still has some some possible upward growth with that, but he did not show that in twenty twenty two. He did not build on twenty twenty one, and that's concerning for me, which is why I think I'd be selling him. I don't blame you. I feel like he's just been empty promises, and he's had playing opportunities. For as many people want to joke about, they don't give their young players enough opportunities. He's had plenty of time over the years to be able to show that he can be a difference maker and he hasn't maybe the prospect hype of just the name can get you in a trade i was gonna is say it, who's trading for him uh, maybe someone that last chance wants to believe in brendan rogers i don't know yeah i mean there's potential there and if you can curate his stats and he's really hit because he hit he hit really well at home last year and if you can get the home games that's pretty good. But. My offer to you would be I fart in a jar and hand it to you, and then I would give you that for Brendan Rodgers. I would turn that down in like a second, dude. That's <laughs> All right, then you're not getting anything. I, I would offer you Yachty Molina for the off chance he comes back. <laughs> Take it, Art. Take it. I shouldn't even unmute myself for that offer, but I will to say no. There you go. Um, next giant player we'll talk about here, Camilo Duvall who really kind of burst on the scene a year, I guess, at the end of last of two years ago when he looked like he could potentially have the stuff to be the Giants' closer. And while he did get some saves, he did obviously not have the whole job the entire season, but the numbers are very exciting, especially his slider. His slider, he allowed one home run on his slider and 489 pitches, a 158 batting average against 164 XPA, how nasty was it if you go to, to Baseball Savant and you look at run values, you have starting pitchers and relief pitchers, and you look at sliders, he had the sixth best slider in terms of run value, minus 17 
only behind Dylan Cease, Shohei Otani, Edwin Diaz, Andres Munoz, and Max Scherzer. Uh, so he was really filthy with it, threw it 43.6% of the time. So that's, again, his go-to pitch. Um, and just everything about if you just go to StatCast page, everything is just red. Like you need sunglasses to look at it. Fastball velocity in the 99 percentile, he can go over 100 with it, has great spin with it. I see blow hitters away. He has a great job of suppressing hard contact. Hard hit percentage of only 36.4% this year after 33.9% last year. And uh, the exit velocity off of it is 85.9 miles per hour. So he's throwing hard. He's not giving up hard hit balls. Has a nasty slider as a closer that he can go to to get hitters out. He has a sinker that he throws that's been somewhat effective. Cutter, I'd like to see him develop a, maybe a better second pitch than that. Um, he did throw a four-seam fastball a little bit in 2021. But the numbers show he has the stuff to be an elite closer. He's obviously very young, having just came up recently, only 25 years old. So he might be, if you're talking about dynasty assets for the Giants, he might be number one in terms of actually counter age and skills. But he is a closer, so keep in mind, uh, I don't know how much you want to value a closer in a dynasty format, especially on a team like the Giants that maybe they're going to be contenders again next year, but they're not like a team like the Dodgers or a team like the Braves that seem to be set up for success year after year with tons of save opportunities. And Gabe Kapler has shown that he likes to not necessarily always go with one guy every single time, so I think that kind of factors in too, but... Camilo Duvall is definitely somebody you need to keep in mind in your dynasty league. If you have him as a closer in a dynasty league, I don't think you're upset about it. I ain't mad about it, but um, definitely someone I'm not like, all right, I'm locked in. Camilo Duvall is somebody I don't need to even think about closers down the road. All right. Seems like we're all in agreement, which is always a good thing. It's, I, I actually wanted to just piggyback. I've ha- I have heard some chatter that they might be in the market for a closer this offseason as well. So he could... He could, he could, that job hold could be tenuous. So you, what you're saying, Art, is, uh, damn it, I need to be quicker with this. Sell, 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 sell. I wish there was a butt. I wish I had these. Oh, what are here. you, Jim Cramer now? Sell, 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 sell. Yeah. But if you type in sell on the sound, it's just like a million different sounds. Do it, okay. The weekend sales were up 385%. <laughs> this is what happens when you try to. Find a live button on here. Um, okay, let's let's. I don't know how to transition for that, Joe. Let's go to your last player for the Diamondbacks. Who is it? First, I want to say I'm sorry because I always I, it only seems to ever happen when I'm live. But sometimes this light will flicker. I need to get the light taken the uh, taken care of because it does seem like I have uh, some ghosts in the background. Like a horror movie, yeah. yeah, it is a little bit creepy. I think I was on with Marty one time before, and this was happening too. So I really need to get this uh, get this figured out. But the last asset, this one was kind of tough. Cattell Marte was thrown around in my head. And I, I debated him for, for a while. Jordan Lawler, I think, was pretty close as well. But I went with Dalton Varsho. He was the dude that I ended up uh, deciding to go with. Now, from August 24th to the end of the season, that was 38 games for him. He had 11 home runs and eight stolen bases. He won me my home league for the first time. It was a lot thanks to Dalton Varsho, me even getting into the playoffs. And I think a lot of people... And I think a lot of people are going to be pretty interested in taking him like pretty high up in drafts. He's going in the 50s this year, I believe. Yeah, 52 is his ADP. Now, in terms of a dynasty, and even from redraft, I'm not really that sold on the long-term outlook. Like uh, Doc mentioned earlier, he's probably going to be transitioning into more of an outfield role over the years, and he might lose that catcher eligibility. Now, 
he may be safe for a year or two just because they have so many outfielders that he might end up playing 30, 40 times behind the plate again this year and then retaining that eligibility. And I think it could possibly happen another time. Uh, but down the line, he will he will likely lose that as a lot of those part-time catchers do as they get older. And there was also some things with the stat cast numbers I wasn't crazy about. Uh, average exit velocity, ex-WOBA, hard hit percentage, all 25th percentile. Uh, he's not a big batting average guy, but 7th percentile expected batting average. There's certain things not to love. And I think right now his price is probably pretty high. A guy with catcher dual eligibility, 27 homers, 16 steals. I would be inclined to try and see what you can get for him uh, in a dynasty league right now. And I think it's maybe tricky to figure out who you'd be going for. But I think probably anybody who is like a top 50, 60 kind of asset for him, because I think that's where he's valued right now. And I don't know that you're going to be able to expect that year in, year out from him. So I would be selling Dalton Varsho, and I'd be probably avoiding him where he's currently going uh, if you're talking redraft. I think it's a good point you bring up because if you trade him now in Dynasty, from what I heard, I forgot what podcast I was listening to, but they said that Dalton Varsho had actively said he doesn't want to play catcher anymore. He wants to have a longer career. So he's voicing that he doesn't want to be behind the plate anymore. And I believe I have to look at the numbers specifically, but most of the second half of the season, he didn't even play catcher. He was just pretty much playing the outfield. So uh, this is the last season. It sounds like barring anything crazy, you are going to get catcher eligibility for Varsho. And I think as an outfielder, he doesn't have that same appeal because I mean, 20 stolen bases will play. But there's a difference between 20 stolen bases from your catcher and 20 stolen bases from an outfielder. I just had talked about Tyro Estrada stealing 21 bases last season, right? So um, that appeal of like a catcher that can give you 20-20 and he's young, got to lock him up, uh, definitely doesn't have that same appeal. It might be like an outfielder. Um, and uh, LC, thank you for reminding me. That was on the Fantasy Baseball Beat that I heard that. Thank you, because I want to make sure I plug when it comes from our network, I want to make sure they get the right credit. So make sure you listen to nuggets like that from the Fantasy Baseball Beat. They just did a Diamondbacks episode. Uh, so, Joe, I, I like those points there. And uh, just make sure if you have Varsha, you keep that in mind. Marty Party, last Dodger. And um, who are we going with? I went with Gavin Lux. I had so many great players to, cho- to choose from, and I picked Gavin Lux because I think he's he's very interesting. Um, the... Um, We've all seen Anchorman, you know, the milk's gone bad. You know, I think like three, four years ago, everyone loved Gavin Lux and now no one, nobody likes him. Uh, he's, tw- he's almost 25 years old. He'll be 25 when the season starts. Uh, right now, he has second base shortstop and outfield eligibility. He's in pre-arbitration this year. Then he has three more years of arbitration with the Dodgers. So he's going to be there for uh, for a long time here unless they do make a move. Last year, pretty lackluster stats. Six home runs, seven stolen bases, 276 average. He had a 346 OBP. So if you are in a dynasty OBP league, um, he's a little bit more valuable. He's at the 74th percentile walk percentage at uh, 10, yeah, uh, 10, um, 10 percent walk percentage right now. So it's actually pretty good. But uh, he strikes out at it's 55th percentile. So he strikes out a little bit. He has no pop at all. 40, uh, 41st percentile max exit velocity. His uh, batting average just isn't there. So what would what do you do? If you have Gavin Lux on your dynasty team, so you're tell probably. Us, hmm? So tell us, Martin, what do you do? That's a good question, and I'm going to answer that for you right now. So thank you for asking that. 
But no, um, he's uh, you probably got to hold him unless, and I think this is um, Doc going to your point earlier of like trying to like an acquire Fernando Tatis Jr. What I would try to do with Gavin Lux is I would throw him in, throw him in as a sweetener to a deal. You know, when you're when you're doing a trade, you yeah, you're, you're looking at a guy and you're gonna go with somebody big. Yeah, we got a little spr- sprinkle him in there. So let's say if you're going for um, if you're going for Fernando Tatis Jr., what happens if you have uh, Sandy Alcantara? And Gavin Lux for him. Do you think that's a good sprinkle in? You know, just somebody to fill the gap there for a little bit of time. You know, just just to throw it in there. Maybe an Alec Manoa um, and um, and Lux Chris for Hansen Fernando Tatis. Hmm? <laughs> you want a little Alec Manoa hey. in there? Huh? Say, what? <laughs> you take a Alec Manoa. What are you What are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, you're talking in your Chris Hansen voice. What was that? <laughs> I've I've missed the voice um, since going uh, off season, but you know, do we? You know what I mean? Like that—that's where I see Gavin Lux right now with his uh, dynasty value. I think he's just a, a sweetener. Um, just throw him in there at the end of a trade, and hopefully, someone will still buy into him because he is still young. Um, he had huge prospect pedigree growing going into the well, for the last two years. Now, let's say if you're looking for a pitcher for um, a buy now for next year, I would look at somebody like Mike Clevenger or a John Gray. I'd rather have Gavin Lux over Clev at this point. What Maybe about John, John Gray, Gray though? though? I might take John Gray. Yeah, I would take John Gray. We know John Gray's a nice guy, as I've talked about many times on this podcast. Yeah, I think we've heard it 30 times at least now. And, and I, I just want to squash any rumors if anybody thinks he's not a nice person. Uh, you should, Joe, have we heard whether or not John Gray? Have you heard John Gray's a bad guy or a good guy? Have you heard either way? I'll have to rely on you guys because I'm not there up to go. date on my John Gray information, but I would definitely prefer him <laughs> over uh, over Gavin Lux. If I have He's a good family it. man. We, we love him here, <laughs> uh, even though we don't know him. Um, and then if you're looking for like a rebuilding bat, what about Gavin Lux for Royce Lewis? What do we think about that? Two ACLs. Royce Lewis. I'll take Royce Lewis, yeah. I'm That's taking Gavin I'm... Lux. Mm, I see. That Ooh. was a good one. Was... The, the thing about Art, Gavin what do you Lux, think? Though. You got to yeah. split it, Art. What, are we going Lewis? Are we going Lux? Who do you want moving forward here in uh, – Dynasty. I think Lux is going to have a good season next year. There it I'm is. Lux. Someone believes in your guys. Yeah. Dynasty managers. Somebody still believes in Lux in your league. Sometimes it's art. Sometimes it's somebody you don't know. But just throw it out there. There are still believers. There you go. Lux has shown potential. I, I'm not completely out on him. His power has been awful at the big league level. Like everything, every power metric at the big blue level has been. He started out hot last year. 33rd percentile and average exit velocity. I I mean, look, if somebody would offer me Gavin Lux for Royce Lewis, I'm taking that in a heartbeat. You want to have a bet who has a better year next year? Will Royce be back? I think he's supposed to start the season. Sure, David. Sure. Let me, we'll double check to make sure Royce Lewis is. <laughs> oh, uh, David, I thought this was a, a baseball podcast. It sounds like it's a football one and you're a cornerback doing some backpedaling. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going with that? What, See, well, we can, that's, that's triple play fantasy, baby. We're mixing them all in there. Look at that. Yeah. I don't think that one hit though. I got a lot of, a lot of art. So obviously it did. <laughs> all right. Go ahead, doc. Give us your last Dodger or uh, Padre. Last person I'm talking about, it's Manny Machado. He's going to be 30 when the season starts. I, I think I, I'm not trying to be boring, but I think you hold him also. If Wait, anything, where's your Manny Machado graphic? I, you know, you, it's before you came in, and I said I'm too. No, late. I was here for it. I was here for it. You didn't, you didn't want to make one. So you yeah. made one for the well, other two. You were I at lazy. least make graphics, unlike you guys. You were lazy, is what you're saying. 
Hey, Royce Lewis or Gavin Lux, David. <laughs> That's what I what, thought. Um, Lewis. <laughs> so Manny started out the year really hot. He was first in war for the first two months. Um, he And then what happened was he sprained his ankle. It looked actually pretty nasty. But he only missed a small period of time. And, but I, I think that hampered him the rest of the season because he had seven stolen bases in the first two months and only five the rest of the season. But his power numbers have been great the last couple of years. 32 home runs. If you extrapolate his 16 over a 162 game in 2020, it would have been 42, 28, and 32. He gives you a lot of doubles, 68 over the last couple seasons. Um, hits for average, just hit 298 last season, 282 for his career. And Fernando Tatis is coming back. So that's another person where they can't really pitch around. So I think you're going to get another couple more peak years out of Machado just because he is turning 30. Maybe you get a little bit cautious and you want to sell high, but um, I think you're holding him, especially third base is pretty shallow. I don't know what David's smiling about. He makes me nervous when he smiles. I'm always thinking I'm doing something stupid or someone, you know what I mean? No, no, no. It's just completely unrelated to the show and i apologize so i was googling royce lewis to see if i could find a timeline and a picture of the twins roster came up and then a player on one of the twins came up austin martin who's one of the prospects that came over in the jose barrios trade have you guys seen what his picture looks like no <laughs> He didn't look happy he's at missing, all. He's, no, he's looking, he's missing part of his head. I know he's wearing a headband, but it looks like he's missing part of his head <laughs> and the hat's floating on it. Tell me I'm not wrong. When you look at that I, picture, that was my first. That was my first response too. Yeah. 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 Like it looks like he's like got these two empty spots where his head is supposed to be. <laughs> Late night with triple play. Make sure you tune in, baby. Oh. If you're listening, Google Austin Martin, and there's a picture that looks like he's missing part of his head in his uh, headshot. It's hilarious. I'm sorry. That was completely wow, that's hilarious. literally the last thing we probably would have thought of with David smiling. I don't know. Yeah. It was hilarious. Anyway, I'm pretty good analysis, Doc. I didn't listen to any of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Art. Um, I want to go with someone who is not a big name, um, just got his first major league action in 2022 with the Rockies and was actually one of their main uh, returns in the Nolan Arenado trade. Lauris Montero, who is a corner infielder, first base, third base, um, has big power, um, big time bat, a big time power bat, but has some, has a bit of a free swinging contact problem. Now, the reason he was one of the main main, uh, main trade pieces in the Arenado trade is he was not like a, a free-swinging hit tool issue guy before he got injured in 2019. He was the Midwest League in 20, MVP in 2018 and had a great uh, hit, hit tool back then. Since then, he's been more of a, a long-swing power bat, uh, but... So there is a possibility he could get himself back to that sort of hit tool. But either way, he has big-time power upside. And given given uh, more playing time, um, given the chance to get some more plate appearances, I think he could be someone who could project to be uh, 
you know, a power, a power plus power, power bat at a corner infielder for the Rockies. Um, so he's kind of a sleeper for me in a dynasty aspect. He's only 24 years old. He still has some growth in the profile. And with that power, he could possibly be uh, someone who could be a big, big, uh, big um, profit uh, potential later on at a very small acquisition cost. So, uh, and and uh, also I learned how to say his name today, Ilauris. So very elegant. There, you know. I'm once impressed. you learn how to say the name, you got to bring him up on the show. Art, Art, what? Go ahead. Oh, I think we're, I think we're about to say the same thing. Art, what do you drink in the morning for breakfast? What do I? Uh, no comment. What? Do you, <laughs> no. What? What do you have in the morning to drink for with breakfast? Coffee. What do you have it in? A mug. What's another word for mug? A cup. A cup. So wait. So what is the whole thing? Coffee cup. No, no, no. What, like when you say you have something. What, a cup of coffee. Yeah! For those that took, for those that took that over on point .5 cup of coffee references. We text you. We hit. Text, we, we got it. Before, we text we got him. Before the show. Oh, say, man. Art says a cup of coffee when referencing a player's time in the majors. We got it. This might have been the first prospect episode that I had to be coaxed into saying that. But, yeah. <laughs> It's like uh, you guys ever watch Pee Wee's Playhouse, and it's like the secret word of the day. The word of the day. Yeah, we'll just pick. We should just from now on pick like I don't know randomly like every week somebody else is like he's gonna say this, and when they say it, we just everybody Scream else goes real crazy. loud. <laughs> I do have a, a serious baseball question regarding the Rockies: CJ yeah. Crone or Chris Bryant? Dynasty. Chris Bryant. Bryant for me. He's younger. Because we he did say, you, Art, you did say that Crone was their best dynasty asset. Chris Bryant's yeah. still there, and he's going to be there for a long time. He's 30 years old. CJ's almost 33. Mm-hmm. So what do we think? Joe, I want, I want you to weigh in on this. I think I'm probably going to go with Bryant. I think what we saw from him last year, even though it was short stretches, he was hurt. He did pretty well. I know he didn't have power, but he had for a high batting average, and over time, in course, the power will come. So. I think, you know, given the age, I'm probably going to go Bryant. Well, you guys are all wrong. <laughs> didn't, you say, didn't you say Chris Bryant? I said Crone. Chris Bryant can't stay healthy. CJ Crone is 33 years old and had his best season in Colorado. Chris but, Bryant is 30 awful years on the road. old and has back and plantar fasciitis issues. I am all in on Chris Bryant this year. I'm, put, I'm, I'm doing my uh, MySpace top eight right now. He's one of them. If I go oh, down, I go down. I, it's I like that. That's one of our signature episodes. I like. Yeah, I that that's already getting a head start on. He's that. so cheap. Where does right he reason. rank? Let's see. Right now, and NFBC is right at one thirteen. They're going at the same place, right? He's right at, he's one thirteen. That's so high. CJ Crone's going one eleven. <laughs> I'm not saying that either are 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 ranked where I would take them, but still. And you know they're sandwiched around. The guy I'm going to talk about next in uh, Logan Webb, or what I'm going to coin him as, is Spider-Man. He's not a good Spider-Man. <laughs> These are awful. <laughs> okay, that will do. Yeah, Spider-Man, Logan Webb. Uh, I think we were very, very skeptical after 2021 season. We were like, this is a guy that hadn't done much in his career to that point to to get excited about for fantasy 
and really just kind of has taken off with the the Giants since 2021. Remember, this was a guy in 2019 and 2020, ERAs in the fives and expected areas not much better, but then really just made some tweaks. ERA 3.03 or less each of the last two years, 290 ERA last season. Also pitched 192 innings, so he gave you a lot of durability after 148 innings in 2021. The expected stats kind of show similar. His X uh, ERA, FIP, X FIP, all kind of ranging from high twos to mid threes. So seems like this is something repeatable. But the one thing that really took a dip was his strikeouts. He averaged 9.59 K per nine in 2021. That dipped down to nearly just seven and a half, 7.63 last season. Uh, I think, I believe only struck out uh, 163 batters and 192 innings. So that strikeout stuff that I think we saw glimpses of in 2021 does not seem the same in 2022, does not get batters to uh, consistently chase, but is somebody that walks batters only uh, 6% of the time the last two years, pretty much. So to me, Logan Webb, he's 26 years old. Seems like he kind of found himself the last couple seasons. Doesn't really throw much of a fastball. Really just relies on a sinker, slider, changeup combination. And it's worked out really well for him. I think this is somebody you can kind of plug in as like an SP3 or 4 in a dynasty league and be okay. I don't think you're actively shopping him, but I don't think you're actively trading for him either. I think he is what he is at this point. And if you can, if you need a starter and you think it's like, I'm not going to get one of their top two or three guys, but maybe I can get Logan Webb as their fourth guy and not have to pay as much for it. I can stabilize my rotation. That's kind of what I think he could be viewed as in a dynasty format. He's only 26 years old. I, I feel like yeah. you're you're kind of throwing in the towel of we know what he is. Like that, That's but, very fair. I do think when he, I mean, what do you, I mean, he doesn't throw hard. Keep in mind, the highest he topped out of this past season was 92 miles an hour. That was what he I'm averaged. I'm just on. saying, like, you could look at his his stats the first two years, and he threw 21 games and 5.22 ERA, 5.47 ERA, 1.46, 1.56 whip. Then the last two, 3.03 and 2.9 ERA, 1.16 and 1.11 whip in 59 starts. So I think it's kind of tough to say, like, you know what he is, like, you can not throw fast like Kyle Hendricks and Wainwright and have good command. You can, but at the same time, do we trust? I mean, this is he's changed his pitch mix a bunch pretty much each season. Uh, this was the first year he actually featured his changeup. Keep in mind, he broke out in 2021, and his changeup was the, his least used pitch last year. Changeup was his most used pitch this year. Slider was still a very heavily used pitch, but he pretty much almost ditched his four-seamer this year. Um, I should take back and say he is what he is at this point. I just think he's somebody I was very skeptical of drafting. I, don't, I had zero Logan Webb last year, and I would be actually okay taking him this year. I think he's somebody that seems like he found what works for him, and he's somebody I think I, I would feel more confident back-to-back -back years with that organization and what he did that I would trust him as like a, a very stable SP4 for me. But like, I, I think this conversation is good because like someone might think of what you did of, of with Logan Webb. And then like that, that's, I guess where the, the value in dynasty comes is people, people, you know, rate players differently. So like one man's trash is another man's treasure. Yeah. 
Because he could I go around and stink and be a five five pit ERA pitcher again. I mean, the fact that he doesn't walk very many people and the fact that all the ERA metrics line up to what he's done the last two seasons makes you actually really feel like the Giants unlock something with him. And that's why I'm okay kind of being like, hey, he's 26 years old. I don't know how much more of a ceiling there is. Um, but I, I think he's kind of starting to establish a pretty safe floor of like a mid threes ERA and like a little under a K per inning, I think is kind of like a floor he's established for himself. But again, with his skills, it doesn't seem like the ceiling is incredibly high either. He threw 192 innings, which is more than Arias at any point. No, that's what I mentioned. Yeah, I mean, the innings were fantastic. And again, the Giants are going to need 11 home runs. That's pretty solid. In today's, I think, what did Josiah Gray lead the league with? Like 36? Something, yeah. It was pretty bad. I think there's something to be said about like how well the Giants organizationally are with their pitchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're able, you know, not this particular instance, but they can turn guys around who have struggles. They come in, you know, Kevin Gosman, um, there's another one, Alex Cobb. There's certain guys who go there and they seem to find certain things. Alex Wood as well. Ryan, uh, a lot out of Rodon this year. Rodon, yeah, there's so many guys who go in there and they just they just know what they're doing with their pitchers. So, you know, dropping the strikeout rate. Everything else for me, I'm not so worried. I think you're I think you're right there projecting him like SP four. He could be like an SP back end SP two, high end SP three, I think maybe. But yeah, I, I like Logan Webb a lot. I think in redraft I would rank him as that. In Dynasty, I, I I'm a little lower on him just long term thinking his skills translate as well. But I think you're right. In like redraft, especially S back in SP high SP high end SP three, I could see that for sure. Um but that's it. Fifteen players. In about an hour, that's always what we do here. We don't want to keep you guys here all night, but thank you guys for tuning in. If you're on YouTube, make sure you guys smash the like button so people can see the video. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the channel. We're on that paper chase to 3K on YouTube, uh, and we're hoping to get that maybe hopefully in the next like month or so, so make sure you guys are doing that. Make sure you leave a comment below too, and make sure you comment how awesome Joe's flickering lights are because they're uh, it's a show. You get a show within a show. Um, but it's really cool there. But Joe, thank you so much for popping in, man, and hanging with us tonight. This was an absolute treat to have you and get to see you again after Arizona. Please make sure you plug all the great work you're doing right now where people can find you. I, I want to thank all you guys for having me on here. It was really great to see all you guys again. Art, great meeting you. We'll have to get you all back on my pod. I've only had I've had Marty and David on. We'll have to get you other you other guys on as well. Um, yeah, I, like I said off the top, it just brings me back to Arizona. Just chatting with you guys. Unfortunately, there's no beers here. Although, give it five, seven minutes or so, there'll be a beer in my hand. Uh, but this has been this has been a great time. This has been fantastic. I don't focus a lot on dynasty. That's why I was drifting more into redraft. So I appreciate you guys bearing with me as I stumbled over who to trade who for because I don't want to misspeak here in terms of dynasty value. But it was a really great time, and I hope we uh, we chat again very soon, guys. But yeah, you guys uh, find me on Twitter. Joe Orico 99 uh, fantasy MLB today podcast and sportsethos.com all my written work over there does a great job and like I mentioned in the beginning it's really hard to get into this space and Joe has done a really good job when did you when did you like officially kind of start happening like six months ago I originally was brought on to Sports Ethos as a basketball writer, and then they started their baseball division. They wanted to start a baseball division, and I said, sure. And baseball was always my first love. Like Mm -hmm. Fantasy basketball was what I did first in terms of fantasy, but in terms of real life, it was always baseball. And I played fantasy baseball as well. 
never focused on it as much as I did this past year, of course. And I started the podcast in, uh, I guess, mid-March or so. And we've been going uh, every single day. I've not missed a weekday since. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. That's go every single weekday for nine months. Is, that is yeah. crazy. Bananas, man. You are doing insane stuff there. Some, I mean, that's why you've, you've risen up as much as you have. Appreciate and that. Just keep doing all that great work you're doing, man. Um, and again, check out. Where can they find the Sports Ethos podcast? Is it on any podcast platform? Yeah, yeah. Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, the links are shared out on Twitter as well, at JoeOrico99. And if you are a member of our community already, uh, we're adding people into our Discord as well because Twitter may not be here tomorrow by the time you guys hear this. Who knows? So uh, send me a message uh, on at JoeOrico99, and we'll get you guys added into Discord as well. Perfect. Make sure you guys check that out. Uh, Gentlemen, Marty, Doc, LC, anything that you need to plug? Obviously, that you guys have not heard the latest fantasy baseball beat uh, where they had um, they did a Diamondbacks episode, and I believe it was Nick, Nick Coria. Nick Coria, thank you. Um, on, that was fantastic, fantastic episode. That's actually where I got the nugget from that I mentioned about Dal- Dalton Varsho there. Um, and if you haven't checked out the call-up, a new episode will be in your podcast feed. Uh, on Wednesday, and this episode will be out on Thursday. I guess we'll put this out uh, Thanksgiving morning. So you have two awesome episodes to listen to this week. Uh, I think that's it. Am I forgetting anything? No. No, we're good. All right, perfect. I was waiting for Eric's delay. All right, for Joe, for Marty Party, for Doc, for a little cheesecake, I'm Mendy. We're going to make like a bread truck, and we're going to haul these buns. Have a great Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you guys next week.